mic check, please. Burn them all. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, hello. hello. You're there. Tommy, can you... Uh, yes, check one, check two. Um, complaining about everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. I drink and I know things. The end is coming. The final season of Game of Thrones is here. And there is an entire shelf full of ales and spirits, inspired by the show, created by fans for other fans to enjoy. So here is a podcast of ice and fire, hastily thrown together by three guys who were looking for an excuse to drink at work. From different houses they have come, three men too lazy to take the black, but ready to dodge the wildfire every week and chat about the end of a legend. This is We Drink and We Know Things. Now, three guys who are still waiting for a good cover version of The Reigns of Castamir so they can headbang at the Red Wedding reception. Brad King, Zach Miller, and Tommy Lee. All right, welcome back to We Drink and We Know Things. My name is Brad King. I am Zach Miller. And I'm Tommy Lee. And all of it are color. We're in a nice dark <laughs> stout. Yeah. Uh, we nice. are here to discuss episode five of season eight, The Bells. The Bells. The, uh, We're here to rock the bells. Yeah. Like LL. Uh, and what are we uh, What are we drinking uh, this week? Here, uh, it I'll is. You, uh, oh, okay. King of the North. Yeah. It says, a beer for Jon Snow. It's rich, bold, imperial stout, aged in bourbon barrels. Dark, aromatic, and full-bodied. And it's filling comparison, or no, it's a fitting companion for a long, dark night, which... Would you get started early over there? <laughs> you know, I was going to actually say, it wasn't actually that long or dark mm. of a night, uh, if we refer to the episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, all right, so... Um, uh, all three of us kind of briefly discussed this off air um, yeah. earlier this uh, morning. It's like our bathroom break. <laughs> yeah, none of us are happy with the with this episode. Uh, and I have not seen one single person online who's happy with it, with the exception of the fact that it created so many memes. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've seen a few, you know, defenses of it. Um, so I kind of figured. I, I mean, I, I don't know that we necessarily have to get deep into the minutia and details as we normally do because right. I think this, this episode is going to be much more of an airing of the grievances <laughs> yeah. uh, type of thing. I should like to register <laughs> a complaint. Um, but we'll we'll try and kind of adhere to the format a little bit. Um, if you can find one, did you have uh, and what was it, your favorite moment of the episode? I, I had... Actually, two okay. favorite parts. One was um, uh, this uh, Varys mm-hmm. when he was writing, and that little writing. I, I had to look it up later to see what he was actually writing, but he said basically he's not the only Targaryen left. Rhaegar and Lyanna, their son still lives, hidden by Eddard Stark. He is the true heir to the Iron Throne. So that I I love that he's writing. I can't wait to find out. I hope we find out who he's writing to. Yeah, probably not. <sighs> <laughs> but I love the Jamie and, and Tyrion part mm-hmm. too. I mean, the brotherly love that those two have is just 
absolutely amazing. And I mean, it's almost tear jerking to think like I wouldn't have survived my childhood without you. Yeah. And and Jamie, like, he's like, no, you would have. You would have. He's no? like, no, no, I wouldn't. No. Have. Yeah. <laughs> but that was one of mine. Okay. Um, I totally agree. I, it was it was beautiful the way that they did a callback, not just to when Jamie freed Tyrion from a cell. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier in the series, but also when Jamie was captured by Rob Stark. Yeah. And yeah. he was basically tied to a pole the same, the same way. way. Yeah. Um, yeah, in a sitting position. Yeah, it, it was not only nice story-wise, but it was also a nice throwback. That was that was a good moment. Yeah. And come on, man, friggin' Clegane Bowl. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> and it went exactly the way every fan wanted it to, and all three of us predicted it was going to go when we did our preview. <laughs> the Hound's going to die this season, and he's going to die heroically, finally killing off his brother. Yeah, taking a zombie brother with him. And that's him. exactly how it worked, and it was gorgeous. It was beautiful the way it was shot, and it was nice the way that it was written. Um, my my favorite moment is is the the Tyrion Jamie um, yeah. Moment. So we all we, we have a we have a, a triumvirate on that one. Yeah, yeah. That that was really great, it, despite the fact that um, it was Ooh, more immense stupidity on Tyrion's part. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, for whatever bizarre reason, <laughs> Tyrion continues to think that. Yeah. She because she's pregnant, she will show some sign of humanity. But, uh, Thank you for yeah. playing. Right. I mean, uh, you know, until the bitter end. Uh, but that was that was a really nice moment between the two of them. Um, that also had my favorite line of the of the show, um, which was, "You were the only one who didn't treat me like a monster. You were all I had." And that was that was a very, you know, very kind of uh, tear jerking uh, yeah. moment. Very well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, by the two of them, and and I also my probably in second place would be the moment, um, which kind of kicked off the, uh, yep she's gone mad festivities of this uh, episode was the moment with Jamie or not Jamie uh, Tyrion and Varys. Oh uh, yeah, you know right before she executes Varys and and Tyrion says it was me, and mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and Varys understands and. Says, you know, farewell, my old friend, and yeah. he kind of just reaches up and kind of grabs his hand. That was that was a nice, nice little moment too. But uh, yeah, so we had um, kind of right off the the bat, um, even in the the previously uh, the yeah. previous scenes at there they do right at the end, which I don't believe they've ever done something like this before, where they uh, had a bunch of audio clips. That they edited together and then yeah, played a little over. montage. Yeah, they played over the scene of Daenerys uh, turning around, scowling, and it was all these different clips about her father and Targaryens, and you know uh, how they they can be evil or they can be good and all this. So they right off the bat again, they're they're leaning heavy in, into this, and um, I think. My biggest problem with this whole episode and, and the, really the last two seasons in particular, but man, this episode really laid on. It's just the massive amount of character assassination that has gone on. The yeah. the massive, almost every single character goes completely against who they are and who the, this series has told us that they are. And it starts with Varys. Varys is... The master of whispers. He is supposedly the smartest man uh, and and one of the best at playing politics 
in all of the seven kingdoms. And he's openly talking to just about anyone that will listen to him. Yeah. Hey, uh, Daenerys is crazy. Um, Jon Snow should be on the throne, <laughs> including yeah. Jon Snow. He yeah. goes and says this to John, standing on the beach while Daenerys, while Daenerys is looking at them from mm-hmm. the window. It's like, it just, I, I don't know, it, it just really infuriates me how the, the writers of this show and, and the, the showrunners have just, it's like they haven't watched their own show. They're like, you know what, yeah. eh, let's just, we're going to change everything for plot conveniences now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all it is. It's all just making sure that they can get everything squeezed in for six episodes. They don't really care about what's come before. Right. Let's get the story out there, make it polished, make it pretty. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, substance be damned. And the way I I forget where I wrote the note, but somewhere in here I said, uh, this is all surface, no depth. And it's all, it's, right. all, it's all making it look pretty with no character underneath. And if I want that, I'll watch the damn Kardashians. Yeah, it's right. all it's it's all spectacle, no plot. Right. Yeah. That's that's where we're at now. Yeah, all it looked great. No testicle. It, it looked great. <laughs> um, you know the effects and everything, but it, it's it's like that. You know, and, and we've been told that George R. R. Martin gave uh, Dan, uh, David, and DB gave them some major plot points right. for them to build on. For them to build on. And I feel like they took those plot points and went, "Yeah, you know what? That's good. We don't we don't need to fill in <laughs> right in between." Well, just yeah. use the plot points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz I think that George R. R. Martin, like I know spoiler alert, we're we're talking spoilers and everything, but George R. R. Martin intended on King's Landing to be burned to the ground. Yeah. I like that that is clear. How and why she went crazy was not clear. And that's that's one of the the issues with DB and David is the fact that they just they kind of were like, "Hey, and we got to speed this up, so we're going to have her go super crazy right. and like not even, you know, think about um, you know, how her character's been, how she's fallen in love, how she might ha- even have a soft side to her." Right. It's, yeah, there's yeah. no attention paid to that whatsoever so you had um at the, at the beginning of the episode um the gang's back at dragonstone yeah they're at dragonstone danny is not eating she's not sleeping um she's scowling yeah yeah she she looks terrible she's oh. you know she yeah, the dark she, rings under her she eyes looked rough and, man yeah. <laughs> she yeah she looked like she just stayed awake for all three days of coachella or something <laughs> <laughs> she is the burning man. Right, oh, what? right, right. <laughs> um, you know, she she finds out uh, that Varys has betrayed her. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, hey, how did she figure that out? Oh, right, because he's telling everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so she burns him alive. Uh, they, you know, they in the middle of night. <laughs> this big ceremony. And like I the dragon before, pops up, which was pretty dramatic looking. That was right. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, dragon oh, yeah. comes up out of uh, um, out of the darkness. Out of the darkness. Oh, and, hi. You know, and <laughs> Varys says, "You know, I, I hope I deserve this. I, I really do. I hope I'm wrong about yeah. her." the The interesting thing is that if you remember all the way back to season one, Varys' original plan. His his entire plan has been putting a Targaryen back on the Iron Throne. Yeah. Now originally it was very uh, or um, her, her brother, brother. Viserys. 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 Then he, Golden Boy. He oh, changed yeah. horses and you know and joined up with with, with Danny. Danny. 
So it's it just it doesn't it doesn't tack because he he is Varys has spent his entirety of, of this series plotting and working to get a Targaryen on the throne, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden this season you know he's really kind of jumped into this whole eh, you know what she's crazy and she's the wrong one. Well, yeah. but isn't John a Targaryen now that he knows that? Isn't that now that is true? Him becoming like, hey, I'm going to put the right Targaryen on the throne. There is some consistency there because basically each time that he has switched Targaryen horses, it's been to side with the one that was next in line, technically. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. and he and and as we discussed last week, the one thing that he has been consistent about is his loyalty to the realm. Right. Yes. Not necessarily a, a. particular person. man of many masters but only one faith yeah i just wonder if he took the um premonition from melisandre um and the fact that she said you're gonna have to die in this land if he like took that to heart and he's like well there's only you know i it, it, that's the thing that doesn't make sense though is because like i feel like he would be at ends with her a little bit um at melisandre um yeah. and i don't know i i i'm like you how you were talking about you know where where what is his plot structure where where is his character development going now to get a targaryen up there well right. and and conleth hill the actor that portrayed um various in an interview on entertainment weekly um that was posted late last night uh ew.com he is very candid about he, he you can tell he's not real happy with the way mm-hmm. his character was sidelined and portrayed the last two seasons mm-hmm. he you know he kind of does that you know, kind of PC thing where he kind of starts griping, and then he says, "But you know, but what a great experience!" And and you yeah, know, I'm so uh, I'm yeah. so thankful, yeah. and you know, da 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 da. But you can tell he was not real thrilled with the the way things have gone, and he specifically says, "You know, it's taken a turn since we got away from George's books." Yes, mm-hmm. you know. So even and uh, uh, Nicola Colster Waldo, mm-hmm. who plays Jamie, he said the same thing. He, mm-hmm. he, in an interview, I, th- I think it was Vanity Fair, or either Vanity Fair or Variety, he kind of alluded to the same thing of, you know, we used to have so much time to explore these the, these character arcs and, and the, the little details, and now we're rushing through everything so yeah. fast, uh, ever since we got past George's books, so... It started off a marathon, and now it's a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line. Speaking of which, the uh, the army of the North and what's left of that force, the Allies, are about, we find out here at the beginning, about two days away from basically facing down Cersei after she had her, her moment of, uh, what did I say, um, her turn last week is a murderous version of the, I told him we've already got one night from Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> So we've got we've got two days left to prep that we get to witness before the siege begins. And wh- one other thing that happened with Varys before he got uh, extra crispy style was we got to see one more of his little birds, mm. which yeah. was a nice mm-hmm. touch. Yeah. yeah. So he he had he had clearly started to build up his yeah. network of little birds again. The implication there being that he was trying to have her poison Daenerys. Yeah. Because uh, the little bird said, "Well, she hasn't been eating." And he said, "Well, we'll try again at supper." Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. 
So see, and I I did not catch that the first time it that was I saw it. Very fast. I yeah. thought I thought he was talking about Cersei. I thought that was a bird from King's Landing, oh. but oh. yeah, I didn't put that together till after the show. Basically, that oh, that was one of his little birds from Dragonstone. Yeah. Right, but, but she's right. also refusing to see anyone. And um, I, I did also like one of my uh, one of my favorite lines of the episode was when Varys told John. Anytime a Targaryen is born, the gods toss a coin and the world holds its breath. Right. And he uh, said, I'm still not certain how her coin has landed. Yeah. That was a good line. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then John goes in, tries to talk with her. Reiterates um, that he doesn't want the throne. Right. She reiterates that uh, she doesn't care that they're related and starts kissing all up on him. And mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he says... Uh, <laughs> He says, "You know, you are you you will always be my queen," and she says, "Is that all I am to you?" And I'm literally screaming, "No, you're also his aunt, <laughs> like a family member." <laughs> yeah, hello. And you know, he recoils at her attempts to get it on with him, and um, you know, the people don't they don't love me; they only fear me, and. She you know, says something about how she needs love as well. That's what she tries to, you know, kiss up on him. Mm-hmm. John pulls away, and she says, "Okay, fine. So fear it is then." So they present this as like that's like the final trigger for her. Yeah, is be- that John rejects her physically, which to me is such a betrayal of the Daenerys character. That, Agreed. Mm-hmm. That now she's turned into this little love struck little girl and. Mm-hmm. Well, if my man won't love me, oh, and, then and the next I'm going to burn the world. The next thing we see with her is when Tyrion finally gets an audience with her, and she chews him out, and she tells him that she believes Jon has betrayed her. Right. And it's like, okay, so now we're kind of operating on the whole spite level, which right. is, you know. Mm-hmm. But she's totally pissed that Tyrion told Varys without her permission. She looks really rough. She looks batshit crazy, as we've been talking about. Yep. And um, then she—that's when she sends Grey Worm and the the, uh, the the men off to grab Varys and execute him. Yeah. Kebab him. Right. It just uh, and so from that point forward, because then Tyrion makes his his play. Um, he begs her, her again, once again, to spare the city. Right. He makes another another plea for that. They start talking. This is where they start talking about the bells, mm-hmm. which, much like the crypts, they you know they mention the bells. <laughs> yeah. I don't know a dozen times in this episode, so it was appropriate that then we found out afterwards that the episode's what, called the bells. What's the title of the episode? It's it's the bells. Yeah. But at this at this point, you know they were they were leaning so hard into Danny as a villain, and this is obviously before she roasts the city. That I felt I, I felt like. Who am I cheering for at this point? Yeah, because she's, I had the same question actually. She's going off to war against Cersei, who, you know, for eight seasons now has been built up as the big bad, as one of the you know the top villains, worse than the Night King. Because yeah. apparently, this war had to wait till after the right. other yeah. war was done. And I, I felt okay. Well, now you have turned. You're you're turning Danny into a villain. John's just a dope. So it's <laughs> yeah. really, who, who am I? You know who am I cheering for at this point? Plus, she tries to pin uh, the death of Varys in part on Sansa. It's it's partially Sansa's fault. Right? <laughs> right. What? Right. It's as yeah. much her fault as it is mine. She threw the, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, that was that was an interesting uh, 
just to just to let you know that uh, hey, there's still yeah, uh, there's still animosity between Sansa and and Danny. She's the new Good Red Woman. She's the All Seer. <laughs> yeah, I, just bizarre. Uh, at that point, she lets Tyrion know that hey, oh by the way, we captured your brother trying to sneak off to to rejoin Cersei. <laughs> Which, the only thing she didn't do was here's the key so you can go free him. <laughs> really. <laughs> So it's like walking up to me and saying, there's beer over there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. See you later. Thanks. <laughs> no further instructions. Yeah. God. All right. So he, Tyrion, uh, heads over to, to Jamie's little camp there, his cell. And he, as, as we all discussed, was, was one of our favorite scenes. Um, but he, again, defying logic, convinces Jamie that uh, he can run away and somehow tap into that last little bit of humanity that Tyrion is convinced still exists in Cersei. Mm-hmm. And the two of them can escape forever and, and apparently go to the beach that uh, that Grey Worm and the Sandy were supposed to end up on. By the way, well, on his way in there to see his brother, he delivered my favorite line of the episode, of every line that was delivered in this, I think my favorite was spoken in a different language, and it translated to, I want to eat the Skull Keeper. <laughs> Tyrion desperately failing to speak to the Unsullied in, in their language before the guard assures him, you know, we speak the common tongue, dude. Oh, I need to talk to my brother. Whoever told you not to let me in, I outrank them, so get the hell out of my way. Right. Um, oh, yeah, that was that was gorgeous. I love that line. For me, seeing him go in there to try to work up this new plan, it was his last like effort for, that he. I feel like he learned from his father, like to always protect the family name. He didn't want to see Cersei go down in a ball of flames, which he knew was going to happen. So he was going to try to protect both her and Jamie, even though she had treated him poorly his entire life. You know, that's a good argument, actually. I, that's yeah. very cogent. I like that. That's I just thought point. maybe it's it's the Lannister, you know, he can't send him to Casterly Rock. They'll be tracked there, but just so that they live yeah. on. And I would like to think you're right but, on that. No, I, I think it could just be Tyrion being stupid. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, th- I think it's it's more likely his his love for his brother right. in particular. I don't know that he, you know, he, he does, he must still have some love for Cersei somewhere. Yeah. Tywin never loved his children. No. Tywin, no. Tywin loved his legacy. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all Tywin ever... And that's all his ever children ever were. About. Right. And I wonder if that's what he was instill in... That was instilled in him, so he was going up to, to Jamie. That, that's why I was thinking he was concocting that plan. Yeah. But much like, you know, he thought that she was going to bend the knee when he talked to her at the gate, you right. know, with one last plea, but... Right. Well, and again, look at how Tywin reacted when his oldest grandson lost his life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally freaked, yeah. totally wigged, and was never the same for the rest of the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tyrion, before his, his last words to Jamie, now, if you make it out, ring the bells. Ring the freaking <laughs> bells. Ring the bells. <laughs> Have we mentioned about <sighs> ringing the bells? Ring the bells. So we go from that to a shot of the bells mm-hmm. at, at King's Landing. Um, oh, one, one other thing before before we get to that. Um, we also had a moment of Arya and the Hound going through the gates of King's Landing. And a guard stops them. And she calmly looks at him from horseback and says, 
I'm Arya Stark, and I'm going to kill Queen Cersei. <laughs> the scene is very brief, but it's sort of funny as the guard is desperately trying to figure out how to respond to the the Stark honesty, right. pun, pun intended. Yeah, so so you had Arya and the Hound made it to King's Landing already, as we predicted yeah. last episode, that that was... That was going to take you know no time at all, and then oh, Jamie is there mm-hmm. already. Now, I presume they never made this clear, but I presume that Jamie was smuggled in by Davos. Yes, yeah. I think that's what he was driving at when he talked about what a great smuggler he, he yeah. has been in the past. Yeah, Tyrion. Yeah, they had that little brief conversation with Davos about being a great smuggler, and Davos said something to the effect of, "I'm not going to like this this mission, am I?" <laughs> so I presume that that's how Jamie got there. That's what I wish we would have seen. I wish we would have seen that because I think that that shows to Davos's strength. Davos is also a character that wants to protect, I think, more than he likes to see, you know, enemies burned and stuff right. like that. Um obviously for um uh, what's her name? Blanket on the little girl. Shireen. Um, Shireen. Oh, yeah, Shireen. yeah. Obviously, it's close to his heart and stuff. So I wish we would have seen that scene much like, I think it was season two when he smuggled uh, Melisandre into the camp to kill right. um, Renly. Renly, yeah. I wish we would have seen just a little bit more of that. Yeah. The, the other thing I loved about this, uh, going back to Arya and the Hound, was how they were just so casual yeah. in the way that they were heading into the, heading into town. It was like... Um, they were kind of like Clint Eastwood and pick a sidekick in a spaghetti western. The only thing missing was the whistling and the thin right. cigars. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, mm-hmm. yep, we're here. We've got some work to do. And uh, at this point, the war begins. Yes, uh, Danny, the city closes the gates. Yeah, they, they they close the gates to get some people in. They don't get everybody in. The Hound and Arya make it inside, and Jamie, Jamie does, does not. not He's locked out. He's got to find a different route in. Fortunately, he knows all the alternate paths, yeah. so he's got to go around and, and find one. And they're showing us a lot of the commoners, a lot of the you know the the regular folk. I made a note here. The camera focuses on a young mother and her child, which makes it obvious that they will be the symbol of all the suffering that's about to happen <laughs> during the siege of and the city. And they will not survive. Yes, it's as obvious as what will happen when somebody hands us slices of pizza. At something, at some point, things are going to go very poorly for that slice of pizza that each of us has. So, Danny uh, now swoops in on one dragon. Drogon oh. the magic dragon. And burns by the sea. Burns up the entire fleet without yeah. any problem. The giant scorpions now <laughs> can't can't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah. Um, they are no threat whatsoever. The Greyjoy fleet, nope, she decimates that. The Golden Company, the the much ballyhooed <laughs> Golden Company, is decimated mm-hmm. in seconds, quicker than the Dothraki were decimated by the White Walkers. Yeah, yeah. Harry Strickland dies without ever having uttered a single word. <laughs> <laughs> not a single word. We're not yeah. going to pay this, this guy very much. <laughs> Which means he made seventy three bucks instead of two hundred eighty or whatever yeah. the scale is. I mean, it was it was impressive the way they did it. But yeah, I'm with you. It was like, what? I mean, first of all, you've got Drogon, who would have missed the water falling out of a boat the last time he was seeing combat. He just couldn't hit anything. Um, Now he is suddenly this precise killing machine on wings, um, puffing away, toasting all the ships of the Iron Fleet and doing it hard. He's nailing them. 
Then he and Danny are dodging the spears as if Maverick's at the controls again, like like before. Right. Unless maybe the Imperial Stormtroopers are the ones shooting at him now. But they then they start attacking the scorpions on the city walls, which are suddenly. All of a sudden, instead of looking menacing, they're in horrible positions right. and incredibly vulnerable. Take forever to reload. And they seem to have been soaked in kerosene because they just go up like that as soon as they get hit. And, and um, it's her, just unbelievable. Her, the, the army charges in, and all of a sudden, there's all these Dothraki. Yeah, where the hell were they? Where yeah. did they come from? We thought, it, it, it seemed to, to us, all three of us, that... All of the Dothraki were wiped out. DBY said in the inside the episode that aired after the Battle of Winterfell, essentially the Dothraki have been eliminated. Yeah, yeah. there aren't any left. And then all of a sudden, here come the curved swords and the and yeah. the ululations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, so I don't get that either. But I did like the way that they they took care of the the battlements and then swept low into the city. And came up behind the Golden Company and blew the wall out and the right. gate out behind them, yeah. which mm-hmm. killed most of them. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it if, was. It's also still a bit of a head scratcher, but yeah. It, so, so my my question was, you know, our assumption basically was all of these bad moves that Danny and her fleet have made over the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. Losing, you know, half, half what they claim now is, is only half <laughs> yeah. of the Unsullied and Dothraki at the Battle of Winterfell. Losing two dragons, um, leaving the Second Sons behind in Yunkai. All of these things that were done to allegedly Weaken level her. the playing field between her and Cersei, ratchet up the drama, and still... She decimates the Lannister army, the Golden Company. With one dragon. With one dragon. And a smaller army than she would have preferred. Right. So yeah. what was the point? What was the point of the last two seasons of of tacking on all these L's in yeah. the win-loss column yeah. for, for Team Danny if you're going to have her blow every, uh, the, the Lannister army away in seconds anyways? Yeah. We saw the dragons be incredibly ineffectual really ineffectual at the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, they crisped up a bunch of the the uh, the undead that were in the back. Right. But overall, they were not an effective weapon, and mm-hmm. you know, one of them ended up dead before this siege even began. Yeah. And then the one we have left is, like I say, just the ultimate killing machine. All of a sudden, the death dra- from above. The dragon becomes what we were led to believe they were supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Which makes you wonder, is it feeding off her rage, or is that just reading too much into it? I think yeah. it's just lazy writing. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. And I wrote the note, Danny and Drogon are doing well so far. Not sure how long that will last. Oh, yeah. Should have yeah. known it would last forever because of <laughs> yeah. the way the story's going. I was thinking the same thing. I thought, there's got to be some way. Somebody's going to take her out. It'll be the end of her dragons, but still she'll manage to get up there. And and kill Cersei or right. or some way, shape, or form. She's going to get to the Iron Throne. But I I thought it would be a closer, uh, fairer match than what it was.
So you had, um, at that point, the Lannister army throws down their swords. Yeah. yeah. Surrender. We've got um, Tyrion um, walking around the dead with a look on his face that suggests he's afraid there's going to be a lot more corpses by the end of the day. Uh, Quyburn, Quyburn, I can never say the damn guy's name right. Quyburn. Quyburn. I'm looking forward to him dying just so I can stop yeah. mispronouncing his name. <laughs> Um, well, you get your wish. That's true. Yes. That's true. <laughs> Delivering the bad news to Cersei that all of the scorpions are destroyed. How he knows that, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the Iron Fleet is burning in Blackwater Bay. She remains convinced that the Lannister soldiers are going to defend her better than the Golden Company did, but her sneer is kind of fading fast. Right. It's kind of hard to not and, think, think and of the last photos of Adolf Hitler, where he's staring off in the distance, dreaming of armies that didn't exist. As soon as she says that, as soon mm-hmm. as she says... The Lannister army will will defend their queen till the last sword. Well, down go the, uh, down go well, the swords. Well, you know what's happening next. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the Lannister army surrenders. You, everyone starts shouting, ring the bells, ring the bells. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, please, for the love of God, ring the bells. And this is where we get the really tense moment where everything just kind of stands still. And you've got the Lannisters who have dropped their swords, mm-hmm. and you've got the, the allies who are staring at them, led by Jon and Grey Worm and Davos. You get a lot of close-ups. A lot Cersei, of close-ups. Danny, Danny up on a roof with Drogon staring yep. down, and you're just wondering: um, Is she gonna? You know, she's got an excellent opportunity to burn civilians right now, but she doesn't do it. And we're waiting to see what happens. Yeah, and the, and the whole time that's you, you think that it is kind of a race against the clock. Are the is Cersei gonna? Surrender in time and ring the bells. It, will the bells ring in time before Danny says, "Fuck yeah. it, we're just yeah." You know, and they do. They start ringing. So yeah. you think, okay, seriously, didn't order mm-hmm. it, no, right? No, but yeah, the bells so, start ringing. Yeah, so would have saved your life. Had I mean, yeah. Somebody, at this point, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it would have saved your life or not. I think Danny was pretty convinced well, that this was going to happen one way or the other. And yeah, so now we get to the thing. The thing. It. It. The the, the big the, old elephant in the room. The bells were... Uh, I was told there'd be elephants. <laughs> They're not. I love the name. This is funny. <laughs> They're over oh, in fuck. Essos just bathing. Like, there's somebody made a name. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Essos. Boy, we <laughs> dodged a bullet, man. Shooting water into their mouths. <laughs> out of their snouts. We <laughs> dodged a bullet. Man. <laughs> so the people are pleading for someone to ring the bell and admit that the city is lost in order to save the lives. You can hear them shouting all over the city. Right. Cersei can hear hear them where she's at she does nothing um she just keeps staring like nero fiddling while rome burns um you get a glimpse of the dragon who is at this point completely unscathed he's some distance away under danny and danny looks up in the direction of cersei and cersei's looking in her direction and then all hell breaks loose the bell starts to ring during that big tense musical build-up right and we don't know what's going to happen next is somebody going to die and then all of a sudden, up goes the dragon, heading towards the direction of the city's hub, and the burning begins. Yeah. It, it horrible, completely unnecessary, murderous rage with no apocalyptic burning. Yeah. No logical. I, I, I literally at that point, I literally wrote on, on my notes, "Fuck this show." Yeah. I, I, because <laughs> where do you go from there? It, I mean, to me, it it, it just. It made no sense. Yes, as we've discussed, they have been they've been putting little breadcrumbs and little hints throughout the previous seven seasons uh, that 
Danny's you capable know, Danny, of, right. of madness. Mm-hmm. But there has never been anything to suggest that Danny would massacre thousands, millions, I don't know how what the population Hundreds of Hundreds of Landing, thousands at the very least of innocents. Of, of innocent women and children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there has never been anything in her nature that suggests that she would do it for no reason whatsoever. It's not even as if they had structured this where they tried to make it where she didn't have a choice. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. where her only option was, I have to lay waste. No. This was just brutality. The war was over. They had won. <laughs> the soldiers literally dropped their swords, and she decided, just because, that she is going to burn every living thing within within sight. And then that prompts, after the, after the dragon starts the burning... And the swords are still on the ground from the Lannisters. What happens with Grey Worm? And Grey he leads right. the charge into the unarmed Lannisters. Which there again, will be no honor. I wrote down there will there will be no honor in this victory. No. Which and that also goes completely against his character. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. there is there that makes zero sense. There yeah. is no reason why he would do that. I get. And don't tell me it's for love. Right. I get yeah. he's pissed off about Miss Andy, but that wasn't Cersei. That no. he was fate. That was that was a random soldier that had surrender. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, so, dropped their weapons and everything. Right. Just happened to have the lion on his shoulders. Yeah, I I would get it if that was if it was Cersei. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he said, ah, I can't, I can't let her live. I can't do this. That would make mm-hmm. some narrative sense. This makes zero sense. Credit whatsoever. where credit is due with with John Puppy Dog Snow. Um, <laughs> at this point, rather than participate in the madness that's going on, when the men from the north decide to try and jump in and join Grey Worm and the rest of the Unsullied, what does John do? He holds his men back. The men from the north tries he says, to. At least. He tries yeah, to. He, at tries least. Least. he says, "No, don't do this." However, at some point, they get attacked and they have no choice but to fight yeah. back. That's yeah. that's when he joins mm-hmm. in. Well, yeah, because at that point the Lannister army picks up their swords yeah. and, and they try and, and they and start hacking and slashing defend themselves yeah. and, and fight back. But I, John, John's the only one at this point who's trying to maintain any form of honor on the battlefield. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is the way that DB and David were trying to portray this. But if you think back to season one, when they cut the head off of Ned Stark, he had surrendered. He had said, "I'm going to the Night's Watch. I will." forever right. be uh, one of those men and Joffrey you are the king of the realm. I don't know if this is kind of one of those twists that they're throwing in there where basically Danny is cutting off the head of the realm. Yeah. You know, by yeah. just demolishing King's Landing. It, it to me it while I disagreed with it and how it was written and how she got to Mad right. Queen sta- status, I mm-hmm. could see her eventually with better writing, better direction, better plot out Lining, right, right, right. She would more, have eventually more, gone mad more and done episodes. this. Yes. Right. It's not. It's not necessarily the fact that she that she did go mad. It's the fact that it feels so unearned and so yeah. rushed. Yeah. That because, they they leaned so hard and heavy into this heel turn for her. That yeah. first of all, it wasn't even it it, it really wasn't even a shock. No. Because so because no. so they they telegraphed it so much particularly this season yeah with so many people saying i don't know you know all of a sudden it just just doesn't it doesn't make sense it does not fit her character what we've been 
told and shown. Yeah, and it's yeah. not it's not random years. attacking either. She is systemically burning everything yeah. in the outskirts <laughs> yeah. of the city. You literally see <laughs> yeah. her going up and down each street. It's yeah. like it's like to somebody sure. handed her a maze and said, "Can you solve this?" Yeah. And she <laughs> said, "Yes, I'll just destroy it as I go." Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's. She's it's basically and of course Cersei is watching all of this from her balcony in the Red Keep in, in essence a mad queen watching what is easily a madder queen act madly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, six of one half dozen of the other going on there with things leaning a little harder on Danny's side on the crazy at this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> um, but Danny's transformation into a bloodthirsty lunatic is now complete. And you're right. It's not earned. And it took almost no time at all for it to happen. Right. Yeah. Especially as we're like, we're, we're all knowing as far as like yeah. viewers go, but if, if everybody around her is saying, oh, she's going mad, it's like, well, where is that to the viewer? It's like a disservice to us right. not to get, get that point of view. Oh, she right. really is going mad. Now, at this point, things are deteriorating even worse in the streets because now soldiers are also attacking civilians. Mm-hmm. As if the, the falling building rubble and fire isn't enough. Now the soldiers are going after the civilians. Right. It's going to be clear that uh, it's pretty clear at this point. There's not going to be much, if any, of King's Landing really left to claim after this thing is over with. Jon Snow is at, is wandering around in a daze at this point. Um, he saves a woman that's about to be raped by what I'm assuming was one of his was men. It, yeah, was a was a star, and he does so by killing the guy. Uh, but at this point, the the show has gone completely off the rails. Not the war, <clears throat> the freaking the, show. The show yeah. itself, yeah, because I. I I wrote down, and somewhere in this, I wrote, I wrote, Jamie kills Euron, but I don't even care. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, that, they, they fight on the beach, whatever. I, I mean, that, I just, at this point, yeah. I, it just, I was I was done. That's actually I, where we're at next, and I, I agree with you. At that point, I stopped typing, and I was just like, oh, my God, I needed a minute to breathe. The only note I wrote after that, through what was probably a good two minutes worth of stuff, was... Danny flies right up to the castle with Drogon. That's all I wrote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then the next thing I know took a little while later, and it was Jamie is pleading with Euron, who was walking onto the beach to get Cersei out of the city. He survived the burning of his fleet because friggin' of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> he brags about being a king because he nailed Cersei, and he says that if Jamie kills him, the Kingslayer will connect uh, will collect another king. Jamie says, "Yeah, you're you're not a king." And the and fight, I, the fight begins. Euron stabs Jamie in the side with a dagger twice. So Jamie's a survives. killing blow. Yeah. yeah, the the wounds should have killed him, but hashtag because Jamie. Yeah. So somehow, but, they, but you're right. At the same time, it's like at this point, whatever. Did it all? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say, at all in your mind, did you think Jamie was gonna die, and then that's where Arya would collect the mask? Was that going through your head at all? I no. I mean, I I, I thought Jamie. I thought it was possible Jamie might die there, but I, you know, the the Arya um, wearing other people's faces. I feel like that's like that's not even a thing on the show anymore. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like they've completely forgotten about that and and completely thrown that by the wayside as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that hasn't since what the last time she did that was with Walter Frey. Walter yeah. Frey, which was the she, beginning of seven, the the first episode, episode of, season, of seven. season seven, and that felt very Game of Thrones. That felt very George R. R. Martin. That was, yeah. and that and that was perfect the way it. I mean, she didn't just kill the family; she killed the line. Yeah, <laughs> pretty. But great. it it to me it feels like they've, you know, kind of 
uh, erase that uh, yeah. that part of her of her story off to the side as well. Now we did get um, and this and I said earlier that Tyrion line, but I I'm going to take it back. This actually was my favorite line of this episode. We got a really nice moment with the Hound and Arya. Mm. They get they get into the castle and Arya or the Hound says, "Go home, girl. This is you don't need to stay here for this." Yeah. And she insists, "No, I'm going to go kill the queen." And he says, "Look around you. Look what's going on. <laughs> yeah. She's dead one way or another, and yeah. if you stay here, you're going to die too." And she's still insistent and he grabs her he says he says look at me do you is this what you want to become because all i've lived for is revenge you have a chance here you can do something else with your Go life have a life and it it clicks it, it you can see that it it clicks inside her he starts to go up the stairs and she says sandor she calls him by his by name his name for the first time yeah. ever he stops turns looks she says thank you yeah. that was that was a in that was a nice an hour and twenty minutes of garbage. That was one of the mm-hmm. few really nice things, re- really nice moments that we had. Beautiful arc reminded me similar of season or episode two of this season, where Jamie knights uh, Brienne. Yeah, you know, agreed. Ex- it's like the, it's same, a complete arc yeah. for them. Yeah, exactly. You know, nice, nice little bow on on their story because mm-hmm. of those. Those two characters have been interconnected quite a bit since what the end of season two, yeah, yeah. So that was I yeah. thought a, a really nice way to to tie up. Meanwhile, um, while this is going on, the next thing we see is a hand I can't pronounce properly has finally convinced Cersei, Kyburn, Kyburn, not even a master. Time to get the hell out. So she and the mountain and Kyburn and a handful of uh, other yeah, like one or two other yeah, other parents. other guys who might as well be wearing red shirts in a Star Trek episode. Uh, they're wandering down the stairs. The ceiling starts to fall in, and I thought this was interesting. The mountain shields Cersei yeah. and Kyburn and just takes like the brunt of the ceiling, <laughs> and then just like. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> brushes it off Brush his shoulder like, off. okay, let's go. Um, and then all of a sudden, bottom of the stairs is the hound. Click game ball! Click yeah. game ball! Yeah. And of course, the first thing that happens is the other four I wrote down, he kills four guys. Um, where was it? Yeah, he uh, he kills four men just to be able to fight his big brother. And yeah. does it like he's taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like get the hell out of my way, and the fans are like, "Get the hell out of his way." And you had uh, Cersei begs the mountain, uh, "Stay Sir, by my Sir side, Gregor, stay by my side." He steps forward, Kyburn. Uh, your queen gave you an order. <laughs> he just shoves Kyburn and cracks his head open. And his little so, hand puppet. Yeah, Kyburn. Kyburn's dead, out, dead like that. And then I love that as the two of them are squaring off against each other, Cersei just like. I'll just leave you two to this. Scoot on through here. Yeah, yeah, nice little sidestep. Excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me. In my head when that was going on, I was hearing the sound Fred Flintstone makes when he bowls. Oh my God, I was laughing so hard at that. Seems you two have unfinished business. You just. But yeah, obviously at this point, the mountain has no more loyalty to Kyburn. He's just killed him. He has no more loyalty to Cersei. So she's out of there and the fight begins. 
Clegane Bowl finally underway, and then we see Cersei all by herself crying in the giant map room as the castle is falling out around her. And she's hearing dragon noises, and then all of a sudden, here he is. Jamie makes it back to Cersei. The, the knight in shining hand. Yeah. <laughs> so, thus completing, uh, well, yeah, let's just, here, let's wrap up Clegane Bowl. So, thoughts on Clegane Bowl? Because it was kind of intercut with, with what I, was going on with Jamie and Cersei. I was annoyed but. when it first when I first saw the ending and then I thought about it. And it's like, why? This is what I wanted. I wanted, you know, we all, and all three of us predicted mm-hmm. the beginning of this podcast that the Hound was going to die heroically taking down the mountain. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what I was expecting him to lop his head off yeah. or dip him in acid or what the hell I was expecting. This was as good a death as any, and it worked, and it got the job done on both sides. The mountain was gone, and the hound had a a heroic end. So really, I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, uh, upon further thinking about it, I I was really happy with it as well. Although while it was happening, I kept saying to my wife, "He's going to grab the torch." There was a torch right there. He's going to grab the torch. I was wondering. He's going to grab the torch and burn his brother. And I I just thought that would have been a for me, satisfying because that's what his—that's what the mountain did to him right. when they were younger. I also remember thinking, how the hell has he been working towards this fight all this time and didn't get himself one of those fancy weapons that drops the dead? Right. How is he not fully prepared? <laughs> a Valerian steel sword. Well, yeah. but the, but the mountain was not—he wasn't—he Un- wasn't walker. undead. Undead. No, that's he true. Was, he was a different kind of undead. Yeah. He was whatever Kyburn mixed so up. Partial undead. Right. I um I honestly was I I did not like it I I felt it was just so over the top, so you know the apocalyptic the wall the walls and the ceiling are literally crumbling around them you have dragon fire overhead, it the fight didn't mean anything there was no there was no stakes to the fight other than these two big behemoths going at each other there was nothing. It it wasn't if if it was a trial by combat, for example, for mm. Cersei. You know, if they had cap if they had captured Cersei and put her on trial, she demands a trial by combat. Okay, the Hound versus the Mountain. Now there's there's some real stakes there. There if if the Hound was protecting somebody, I, I don't know. It just to me, it was just it was overblown action movie spectacle. Yeah. And and there much like everything else that's been going on there was no there was no longer any heart to it there was no longer any meaning or any stakes to it and i just you know yeah okay these two yeah, are gonna to, you know bang to me each other was, against the wall yeah. and stab I, things in each other's eyes and uh, i, I you see know. your point and i appreciate your point i just to me it was it, to me it was more than just a fratricide it was the culmination of everything that's been building up and i agree they did what they've been doing with everything. They made it up big and spectacular yeah. and extra pretty. Although I will say some of the cinematography in this fight with the dragon fire in the background and the dragon flying by every once in a while and the set the way it was, it looked really cool. Oh, and yeah. As much as I've been pissed about how this show has focused on just looking really cool, yeah. I was glad that the scene looked as good as it did because it seemed like a fitting background for what they were doing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just... The thing that got me was the Hound was seriously outclassed in this battle. I mean, he was getting his ass handed to him in the beginning yeah. of this. And then he's the one that delivered not one, not two, but three basic death blows on his brother. Yeah. That would have killed anyone else. And, but again, he's a zombie. So. But yeah, te- technically he beat his zombie brother. I mean, but his brother's undead, so no big whoop. 
But he got thrown aside at one point. He um, jumps back up. He gets his eyes gouged. He can see just well enough because he stabbed his brother in the face, yeah. in the yeah. forehead. Oh, yeah. I did with th- the when dagger. The, when the mountain started going for his eyes, I did. I thought, oh no, here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we've seen this be, dance. Yeah, you squash see, it like a grape. Yep, he's yep. going to do the same thing. But that he, he did had to Oberon. He had just enough vision to be able to see his brother pulling that dagger out of his own forehead, out of his brain, basically. To have the four, you know, to, to have the, tackle him out the window to, into the yeah, fire. To, to tackle him out into the fire. <laughs> and it wasn't just out and into the fire. It was out and way yeah, right. down <laughs> into the fire. It was a hell of a drop. There was no way that either one of them were getting over that. I thought it was the only fitting, honorable death in the whole thing was yeah. the death of the hound. Yeah. You you had, uh, you know, as you talked about the spectacle, I noted too, you had, and then all of a sudden you started having little wildfire explosions. I noticed yeah. that too. Hey, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, let's throw. And I, 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 during the explosions, we're seeing explosions of green of all the wildfire. Yeah. Gee, don't you think maybe that could have been more useful a different way if we'd have tracked that down before the siege began? Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Cersei, what a, what a great leader. Well, again, character assassination. You know, Cersei has time and time again proven to be a very smart, very capable yeah. individual. And using everything at her disposal. Right. She would not have just left, you know, crazy old Uncle Targaryen's um, uh, wildfire right. sitting out there in storage casks. Yeah, and not not that only she knew existed, and it wasn't just a little bit of it here and there. It was a it was a shit ton of it yeah. all over yeah. the city. I mean, yeah. it was everywhere. I honestly, I don't know why she always has seemed to like a character that is a couple steps ahead of her mm-hmm. enemies. She yeah. Yeah. burned the sept of Baylor, and um, and then now she, she she can't do anything. She just rolled over and let him rub her belly on this yeah. one. Yeah, it's like I'm a puppy. Do what you will. It was just, it was embarrassing. You had uh, more more stupidity. You had um, <laughs> Arya dragging a, a woman and a child out into the open. They oh were inside. God. Oh, yeah. She insisted, no, if you stay here, you'll die. She dr- physically drags, <laughs> drags them, them out, out and gets them killed. Yeah, she drags them out into the street where a building falls on them, and the ones that survive and that are immediately trampled by, Dothraki, yeah, yeah, trampled by Dothraki. Yeah, by Dothraki, and then those burned, survivors are burned. That's yeah, right. Burned, there was three to, disasters. Burned to a crisp. Uh, it just yeah, you know. and in all three cases, she just barely jumps out of the way or magically mm-hmm. survives. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't know how many buildings fell on. Top yeah, of Arya uh, was basically the uh, the miniature She Hulk in this. She was invulnerable; nothing was going to damage her. I wonder if she was brought back to life. You know, thinking back into was it season five or six when she was going up against the wave? The wave yeah, the wave stabbed her. Uh, yeah, how many times has Arya died? <laughs> yeah. So she could have been healed by the uh, that woman, Incident- whoever the actress was. Incidentally, we did see the woman who had the little girl who was the uh, very obvious woman draped in the foreshadowing yeah. cloak at the beginning of the siege or the yeah. early stages of the day. Um, we saw her a couple of times and the daughter a couple of times, even when they weren't around any major characters, dealing with all the crap that was going yeah. on and all the hell that was raining down on the city. Sure yes. enough, they were there to symbolize what was going on. At one point, she saves Arya right. and, and pulls her to safety. And, and that, then th- those are the that's who yeah. Arya got. And then Arya rep- yeah, rep- repays the favor by pulling her out of relative safety. Yeah. And they're the last two to die, yeah. is the mom and the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And after Arya you know, comes out, covered in soot and ash and everything else. 
she sees the little girl's toy or whatever that it had. Yeah, she had a little little horse. So you know, thanks thanks for the save. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so Jamie and Cersei. Yeah, we're back to them. He's still. I don't know if it's per his brother's request more, any more than it is his heart telling him he has to rescue his sister because he it's, loves her. It's it's him. I mean, they they yeah. make that clear, which um, to me destroys the entire. Jamie redemption arc <laughs> yeah. that mm-hmm. they've worked since season two mm-hmm. to with a hiccup here and there, right? Yeah, the rape and everything uh, else. Yes, yeah, yeah. They yeah again. There's there's been oh yeah moments where you question what they're doing, but overall they clearly have worked to redeem Jamie like they did with culminating Theon. in him knighting Brienne and then knighting Brienne. Uh, yeah both spell both spellings of knighting yeah, yeah. Um, but this this to me was just was so ridiculous it it's just, gonna be okay evil one it's gonna be okay they they end up <laughs> casting Jamie and Cersei as victims and basically the heroes of this story as Thank Danny you. The supposed hero has now become the villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen it done, and this was just so stupid. It, it, it just yeah to to throw away seven seasons worth of character building because a bunch of bricks fell down on them. And right, and so yeah, all of this, all of this talk, all of this, this wondering that we have all done as fans, who is. Who's going to get to kill Cersei? Is it going to be Arya? Is it going to be Jamie? Is it going to be Tyrion? Is it going to be Danny? Is it Jon Snow? No, it's a brick. <laughs> it's a pile of rocks. Yeah. So where do we go from there? Well, it's Arya. She's shell-shocked, but she's alive. Big-ass chunks of building have been falling on her over and over again, and she has survived. Yeah. She's walking around major, the ruined city. Major 9-11. Yeah. Uh, very much so. Image, imagery going yeah, on with the Yeah, with the soot. I mean, the, she the was gray head and, to toe. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, but she was walking around the ruined city, which was all dead bodies, rubble, and fire. She sees the burned bodies of the woman who rescued her and the daughter. What a huge surprise that they didn't make it. I, yeah. for one, was extremely shocked. <laughs> um, uh, good job on the writing. Uh, the writing with the foreshadowing. I wish we uh, we had to be really clever to figure that one out. Anyway, um, and what is there? There's a horse standing in the middle of the street, because why wouldn't there be? A pale oh, horse. A pale, a pale horse. horse. A pale horse, mind you. Uh, the city that she entered for no reason at all is now something that she can ride out on on a horse that's most likely named Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, is there any doubt that her that she's going to go to kill Danny now? No, not oh, really. No. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's got to be what she does. Yeah. I, I think that that's what we're expecting. I... I don't know, though. I, I think that there may be a couple other figures that could kill Danny. I think this was the only reason she went in the city now, was to see the so scope of witness. what... Yeah. yeah, so she could see who yeah. the real monster really was. It's not so much Danny. I mean, it's not it's not so much Cersei as it is Danny, and Danny's the one that she needs to kill now. Yeah. And then, mercifully, credits. Remember when we thought uh, that six episodes was going to be too short? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out we were right. No, now we got. <sighs> is is anybody even looking forward to next to, to the finale? Uh, you know what? I'm only looking forward to it right now to see who is the winner. Up oh! the scoreboard. 
Um, yeah. Okay, let's go. Uh, we all predicted the deaths of Varys, Euron, Jamie, Cersei, and the Hound. We all we all even predicted, as probably every viewer of the show did, that Clegane was going to end up killing Big Brother, and that right. was going to be his heroic death. So people-wise, it is 10 to 10 to 10 okay. right now between the three of us, thanks to each one of us having guessed one person's fate wrong this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, not this week, but uh, this season. Uh, by the way, if I was looking at it, the tiebreaker right now, technically, if we're going beyond the people and going to the other picks, you and I are kind of in the lead over Brad, Zach, because you and I said that Winterfall would stand after the big battle with the dead, and Brad oh. said that Winterfall would fall. Oh, oh. convenient that you uh, make that the tiebreaker. <laughs> I'm just saying. After the yeah. fact. <laughs> but uh, the, the more that I think about it now, the more I'm like, I like your theory of nobody's going to end up on the throne. I do I can easily Actually. see it, nobody St- wanting the throne. Assuming the freaking throne is still even there. Right. At this point, we <laughs> don't even know. we got to go dig it up. Okay, so so let's check in. Wait, before we do that, so what? Um, so who do we have left? We have Tyrion, Jon Snow, yeah, and Sansa. You know what? I anticipated you asking me that. Arya, and I, Danny. Made some notes to make it easier to figure that out. Let me get to that. Yeah, because I'm I'm curious. I do not I do not remember once we got into All the right. main characters. Here we go. Da, 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 da. Oh, I also wrote a note that uh, if the, when they start looking for the bodies, if they're trying to find Jamie, it would be a game of Where's Waldo? Nikolai Coaster Waldo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. Bad oh. puns. All right. Um, <laughs> all three of us said Jon Snow would survive. Okay. Um, Zach and I said that Danny would die, and you said she would survive. Ooh, I think that's gonna, that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna come back to bite me. We all said Sansa would live. We all said that Arya would die, but mm. heroically. Um, Brad, you and I said that Bran would live. Zach said he would die. Yeah. Uh, he, he may not even be in the next episode. <laughs> right. Um, Zach and I said that Tyrion would survive. You said, Brad, that he would die. Oh, man. Well, I could, I could see that happening. But, I could well, see yeah, I, Danny killing him. Yeah, I think yeah. it's possible at this point. Um, all three of us said that Brienne would survive. All three of us, no, I'm sorry. Um, Zach and I said that Yara would survive. Brad, you said she would die. She's on the Iron Islands? Yeah. Yeah. Just hanging out? Uh, yeah, she's probably she's probably not going to be in the next episode. <laughs> All three of us said Samuel would survive. I think we can probably safely say that that happens. Yeah, uh, he's got to write the story. Probably writing away uh, in Old Town. All three of so us have a better job. <laughs> All three of us have Grey Worm dying. He should die. Yeah, um, Zach and I have Sir Davos dying. Brad says he'll live, and that could very well <gasps> be the tiebreaker that, when this thing's over. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's it for the main characters. Okay, that we did picks on. Well, we will we will see. Um, okay, so uh, quick check in on our throne prediction. I'm sticking with Danny, but I'm I'm sticking with my caveat from last week uh, that she's going to sit on the throne, but it's not going to be for long. She's going to sit on the throne just long enough to get a small butt imprint on it, and then her ass is dead. Yeah, I I uh, I don't think I'm going to say Sansa. You're still you're still is going to rule the kingdom. Okay. Um, I don't think it's from the Iron Throne, but I, I think now it's because I, I really think you're you're right about the Iron Throne. Nobody's sitting on it. And that vision from season two where Danny's in the throne room 
He's clinging to that there. vision. And you know what? He's he's so <laughs> loyal to that vision. So I'm hoping loyal. he's right. I want I, I want her he's, he's as loyal to that vision as <laughs> Tyrion, Tyrion is to, <laughs> to Cersei's uh Danny, yeah. she's gonna have the, of humanity yeah. left. They're gonna do a gladiator <laughs> moment and they're gonna have what it's like in the afterlife where she rekindles her relationship with her dead family, you know, Cal Drogo and her unborn uh, yeah. son. And the baby, yeah. And and she's just gonna go off and live in that whatever happiness yeah the irony by the way is that um way back when we did the preview episode um zach and i both said john snow would be on the throne yeah and um brad has from the beginning said it would be no one yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm sticking with that i'm yeah the way i wrote it down the way you said it was brad says no one bittersweet ending night king defeated but there is no centralized power at the end because snow says no and I said, Jon Snow on the throne, Tyrion is the hand. You said, Jon Snow on the throne, but you'd like it to be Tyrion on the throne. You just mm-hmm. didn't think it would work. Yeah. Well, and, Oh, and uh, the, the other big prediction was, do we expect them to stick the landing? All three of us said yes. <laughs> All three of us expected the ending to work and make sense for the story. Well, I believe I was, I was iffy on that. I didn't write that down, but it's possible. I'd have to yeah. listen back to it. Yeah, because oh. because I, I I do know I've been I I've, I've kind of felt like Varys and the in the I hope I'm wrong, but yeah. <laughs> you know I've I've not had a yeah. lot of confidence. Oh, and also for fun, we had wild theories. I said Bran is the Night King. Um, Zach's was Cersei wins and destroys the dead with wildfire. Oh. <laughs> Brad's was no one sits on the throne at the end or hot pie does because everyone else is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which I still think would be pretty I awesome. I think mine's still in play. <laughs> I, I, I would have to there. agree. I would have to agree. All so, right. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll... Uh, They've just... What the hell have they done to our show, man? It's so here's the thing. Um, the David and DB have said that uh, George Martin told them three holy shit moments. This is how they described it. They said there are three holy shit moments that had not been put in the books yet. Mm-hmm. And they said that, um, uh, Stannis burning Shireen at the stake was one, mm-hmm. the revelation about Hodor. Mm-hmm. And how he became Hodor was number two. Was two. They said the third one was going to happen in this final season. In the finale. No, well, well not, in the not, final not, season. Yeah, not specifically necessarily the finale. To to my mind, we've gotten two pretty big holy shit moments. Mm-hmm. Arya yeah. killing, Arya the, killing Night the Night King, King and Danny making the heel turn. Yeah. Which which do you think is if if I mean, there may be something else that happens in this last if episode. If it's one of these two? If it's one of these two, which do you think is the one that that well, is, is George's Night King's not plan? in the books, correct? Yeah, Night King was in the books. Um, he was in the books? It, well, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. Because I, I, uh, I had read somewhere that, yeah, uh, the, you know, the, that the Night King he wasn't necessarily is, character. The Night, the Night King is symbolic of, he's kind of a collective. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah, because there is a there is a Knights King in yeah. the book series, which is a different oh, character entirely. Okay. Then and that's they have right. not there's there's a leader of the others, which is what they're called in the books. Okay. Um, but that character has not actually been introduced on page yet. So now, that this, doesn't mean that it won't. 
So you're saying, I mean, of the so so I'm I, I'm of the two, what which do you think is more likely that they got from George? Probably Arya killing the Night King. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Danny's descent into madness, though dramatic in this episode, um, it's been hinted at for a while, and they've slowly built up to it. She's been. Megalomani- uh, she's been megalomaniacal for a while now, building this up. And once they stoked her rage just hot enough, it was it only made sense that she was eventually just going to explode. Yeah. So you so you think the Night King is is the is, is the big holy shit moment? So you think that came from George? Yes. Okay. And I I think it's actually Danny turning. Yeah, I think really? that he I, was yeah, gonna. I would agree. With I that. and and I am hoping I'm on book two right now and i'm hoping that by the time i finish book five he's going to have six and possibly working towards the seventh out there so that we can find out how he would have because for me i i love the fandom that surrounds harry potter i love the fact that they they stuck that landing really well with the movies and everything and i would love to see that i would have loved to see that with this television show and i can't i don't know that we're going to get there. Well, I'll I'll tell you what this this last season has been a boom for George's book sales. Oh yeah, if he if he manages to get the books out because there are going to be so many people that are going to want to read the books now to see what mm-hmm. what quote unquote should have actually happened. And it seems funny to say this to somebody who knows about the Red Wedding, mm-hmm. but when you read the Red Wedding in comparison to watching the Red Wedding. There's almost no comparison. Oh, really? In the book, it it literally rips your heart out of you. Oh. When I got to that part, I had no idea because I wasn't watching the show until I got caught up in the books to where the show was mm-hmm. at that point. And when I read The Red Wedding, and Kim was a book ahead of me, I got to that part and I'm like, oh, come on! And I closed the book and literally threw it across the room. And she said... Yep. <laughs> so yeah, just brutal. Um, I yeah, I think the Danny thing is more likely from George, but he would have had more time to spread it out. That's to, to spread that's it out and point. make it make it more logical mm-hmm. and yeah. give you the insight as to why this is actually happening. Yeah. I just, this episode, I, I wrote down what a dumpster fire. Yeah. This is like watching the Blackhawks play hockey in March. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I just, you know, can they pull it out in the 11th hour? I don't know, but I'm leaning towards, I doubt it at this <laughs> point. I mean, they've, they've given us no reason to believe in to, them. To, yeah, to believe that. Because if could. you remember, what did we do about season seven when we did our season seven episode last couple of years ago? We bitched about it because yeah. the writing was shit. Yeah. yeah. And we were all so hopeful. We waited a year and a half for this. Yeah. They put all this big dramatic work and all this secrecy and all the big cinematic effects and yeah. everything else. And uh, they, they didn't even get the entire scripts. They got an iPad with uh, with their parts right. and everything else. And it was built on the, in, a, in a cave at midnight with nobody else <laughs> yeah. around and armed guards and the unsullied out there to make sure nobody yeah. screwed with them. And it's crap. They yeah. probably put more work into keeping it a secret than they then did they in the did actual in the show. show. <laughs> uh, so that's where we're at. And um, now that we've built it up, join us next week for the finale of season eight, the finale of the series, and hopefully not another reason for us to really want to drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got we've got a, a lot of mead coming next week. All right, then. from our buddy Joe. So, so uh, recap on the beer. 
Beer from yes. uh, the Game of Thrones Royal Reserve Collection of uh, Omegang. It came out, I think, this past Christmas. Yeah, it, I saw on the label, this is the last of the four that they did. Yeah, and it, it was... Uh, we have, did we have all four? Yes, we did. Okay. It's uh, a beer for John. Um, aged six months in bourbon barrels. Beer is black as pitch with rich aromas of roast, bourbon, and chocolate and a fitting companion to a long, dark night. Speaking as a guy who loves stout, this is a really nice... I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are stout fans at all. Uh, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. much of a stout fan. I mean, that, that wasn't bad, but yeah. But it's, it's, it's the right amount of bitter mm-hmm. without kicking your ass. Yeah, you know, it's got it's, like it's a got a really nice feel. It's very roasted. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love coffee. There's a coffee overturn to it, and I don't mm-hmm. like coffee, but I like... I like a little bit of coffee hint in my in my stout, yeah. and this is very strong. Yeah. Very, very good. All right, well. And it's not like drinking Worcestershire sauce. Right. <laughs> or motor oil. Which is kind of what watching last night's episode felt like. A little bit, <laughs> yes. All right, so next week, episode six, the series finale. Series finale. We will see if uh, somehow, against all odds, they can... Somehow pull out of a pull pull a, a satisfactory ending out of this, but yeah. I fear we are headed towards Dexter and Seinfeld territory at this part. Yeah. Not breaking bad territory. <sighs> Alright, here's here's one last question, one last prediction from all of us. Okay. Um this, and we'll see how it works out as we sit down for the next episode. Does Drogon survive? No. I don't think so. I don't no. either. No. So all three of us have Drogon dying. Let's have Drogon die. <laughs> Why the hell not yeah. at this point? Why not? Alrighty, well, this has been We Drink and We Know Things. We will talk with you one more time next week. You're a talker. Listening to talkers makes me thirsty. This has been We Drink and We Know Things. With three guys who are here to pester us about Westeros. It's produced by Tommy Lee and written by absolutely no one whatsoever. Music licensed by First Com. We Drink and We Know Things is part of the Federated Media Podcast Network. Winter is here, and so is their ride. Please drink responsibly. Drink and We Know Things is a member of the Federated Media family of podcasts, engineered in the studio by Brad King, produced by me, Tommy Lee, and lubricated with an appropriate beverage by Zach Miller. Mandy Balzer was the one who sounded really good at the beginning and the end. We'll be back next week to talk about the finale. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.